0: Hello listeners, Mike here. I wanted to pop in today before the episode gets started with a quick content warning. Today we'll be covering some topics that are on the darker side of the dark future setting of Cyberpunk Red, topics that include serious uh, physical injuries, uh, mental health, drugs, and addiction. Uh, And while some jokes are made to lighten the mood and break the tension, uh, we try to do so in a respectful way. And Cyberpunk Red, as a book, does a really great job of addressing these topics in a sensitive way as well. Um, But as we got into the discussion, we felt it was necessary to address these topics to you or for you, our listeners, before the episode began. Uh, So if if at this point you decide to skip the episode, totally understand. However, if you should choose to listen, uh, we hope you enjoy the show and our conversation. hello and welcome to 19 hits the dragon the show of dungeons and dragons tabletop rpgs and uh, nerd culture in general i'm mike daniel joined as always by my co-host rob mackie rob how you doing out there
1: all right mike i'm not too bad i uh we i uh bought a uh, new set of pants for myself this week because <laughs> uh yeah in quarantine as i'm sure a lot of our uh list i almost said viewers which is incorrect
0: <laughs> that would be incorrect i mean i suppose they can watch the uh the time like the time code increase uh, <laughs> but probably doing better, true. better things with their time. or like if
1: I don't know if you're somehow listening on th- to this on iTunes and you open, like,
0: iTunes visualizer. <laughs> I don't know if that works with podcasts. That'd be interesting to, to see.
1: That would be interesting to see. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. I, um... Yeah, it, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to, uh, boredom eating has been up about 5,000% for me in quarantine, Absolutely. so I kind of needed new pants, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of ashamed how much I like the new pants.
0: How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. I also could use some new pants. I ha- I'm down to like two or three pairs that actually fit regularly, um, though I have been in pajama pants almost constantly, so it hasn't been a huge issue. But, for instances, when I do need to put jeans on, yeah, options are low. So, you know, might be time to invest. Sure. Yeah. Perhaps, indeed. <laughs> eh. By Levi's? No, not a sponsor. Not even a little bit. Uh, yeah. um, but uh, We are not sponsored by any major or minor pants per day. <laughs> not, not a one uh but yeah. uh yeah so today we are actually going to continue our conversation about cyberpunk uh cyberpunk red that is uh the tabletop RPG uh designed and produced by R. Talsorian games uh, we've been talking about p- for the past couple of weeks here it's super great and uh since we got a little bit rushed at the end of the last episode and didn't get to like fully explore some of the things that i wanted to talk about um, because we got sidetracked, as we always do. Um, so we're taking another week to uh, dig into that a little bit more, um, talk a little bit further about uh, kind of the uh, the trauma and healing side of things and some really cool aspects uh, and mechanics of the game related to uh, your character's health and, and mental health as well, because really, you know, your mental health is your, your, your health. So, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially in the dark, distant future where shit is fucked.
0: Yes, in the far off future where corporations rule the world and the government is ineffective and people have to scrape by. There's nothing at all like the the uh, present that we live in. It's a totally, yeah. totally fictional setting, by the way. Yeah, I don't know how you could get. I, could,
1: I don't know how you could get a different impression. Gee.
0: Hmm. <sighs> anyway. Uh, anyway yeah so we're we're gonna talk a little bit more about uh cyberpunk red and the trauma and uh healing aspect of things and as a matter of fact the chapter that we will starting uh, be starting off with is called trauma team uh with a subtitle of because you're gonna get shot a lot yep. <laughs> so uh yeah we talked a little bit last week about like some of the uh the wounded states uh you know Lightly wounded, seriously wounded, mortally wounded, uh, and uh, the difficulties associated with being in those states, as well as um, having to heal from those uh, and risking potential critical injuries, as well, uh, that are all pretty brutal. I mean, it can be anything from, you know, losing a limb, uh, having collapsed lungs, uh, spinal injury yeah it's it's pretty rough and and the injuries to the head can be even worse you know losing eyes getting uh, brain injury like brain damage uh it's pretty rough yep sure is
1: and uh i think uh very tellingly at the start of this chapter there's a sidebar um with brief advice on how to handle player death Mm -hmm. which is like allegedly pretty frequent i think these are both um Kind of good sets of advice in the sense that it frames it as like, listen, um, your players should understand that like death, uh, quick death in the quick and unexpected death is extremely on the table, mm-hmm. and your pl- you should do your best to prepare your pl- players for that uh, set of circumstances, um, and there, um, and it suggests both that, um players at least be thinking about um what kind of character they would replace their current one with in the event of their untimely demise Mm -hmm. and also kind of a bit of like does it say the word stealing in terms of like as in steal like in to steal yourself or something i forget uh
0: yeah let me take a, a look through so i mean it basically um I can't see where it says, like, steal yourself, but essentially it, it does say to, you know, psychologically prepare players to expect death. Um, basically, uh, you know, what Mike Pondsmith calls the samurai do not fear death option. Um, so, you know, just kind of knowing that your your edge runners and you're letting your players know that your edge runners are putting their life on the line in a very literal sense um so you know kind of having this idea and again sort of going back to the core principles of creating your characters of you know living on the edge and um knowing like you kind of are preparing yourself to go out in a blaze of glory if it comes down to that um you know be not to necessarily say to expect that, but to uh, be prepared for that as an eventuality.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's a better way to put it, because nothing's
0: guaranteeing you're going to die. You right. just have to be ready for it exactly. to some extent. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's uh, you know potential for a lot of not only like serious... Physical harm that can come to you or your your player characters, uh, to your your team's edge runners, um, but potentially to um, you know mental harm that can come to them as well. Um, and something that we've you know kind of referenced uh, throughout the last couple episodes is talking about the aspects of you know humanity and uh, e- empathy and just sort of like being a human being and how different things in the world can um you know potentially affect that and and cause mental you know harm to your characters as well
1: um yeah it's uh it's pretty well thought out in that sense which is kind of nice for sure um yeah it like cyberpunk kind of exists in a like it exists in a realm of consequence i guess Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Like your actual, you can, you can acquire, um, critical injuries. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's not the right verb. Accrue, acquire. eh. Yeah,
0: somewhere in there. (laughs) They can certainly, uh, you can have them befall on you. I'm not sure if I'm quite saying that right either, but, uh, yeah, you can, you can get seriously, your, your character can get seriously wounded, um, Mm -hmm. You in can get aspects. seriously
1: wounded and you can get uh, addicted to drugs and you can get dissociative disorder and you mm-hmm. can get cyberpsychosis and you can also get addicted to drugs. I said that to that. <laughs> yes. 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 That like there's like there are a lot of potential like there are just a lot of potential consequences for these sorts of things in a way that mm-hmm. they're kind of spelled out in a way that isn't you don't always see in a lot of games. Obviously, like if you think not to bring everything back to Dungeons & Dragons, but, Mm -hmm. like, in Dungeons & Dragons, like, some I've seen, or rather I've heard of people, like, kind of um, stapling on, like, sanity mechanics and things like that Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, Call of Cthulhu games are famous for having that sort of thing as well. Yep. But, like, think about, like, you can go, like, in Dungeons & Dragons, if you're going on a dungeon sprawl, you're, like, You're doing some messed up stuff, probably, Mm -hmm. in a way that isn't necessarily addressed. Right. In cyberpunk, that's not how it works. Everything has potential consequences um, for yourself, even if you succeed, I guess. Because you could, yeah, we'll get into it a bit, but I Mm -hmm. think there's some fascinating ways this is like implemented
0: and broken down for sure um so yeah i mean we've talked a lot about b- getting injured we sp- spoke at a little bit more length last episode as well about the different types of, of injuries and stuff and um the states uh, of being injured um but we didn't really get the chance to talk too too much about the how you get healed from these injuries and you know physical as as well as mental so that's some of what we're going to break down here uh, today as as we talk. Um, so as far as, you know, um, stabilization and, and healing, I think we touched on this some, but when you're in these various wounded states of, you know, seriously wounded or mortally wounded, um, there are ways to stabilize your characters if you have someone that, well, pretty much everyone is... Uh, going to be somewhat uh, able to perform first aid it may not be great but they have the ability at least you you know it's kind of required to at least put two points in there uh, as as many other skills um so that's that's kind of your your first way to stabilize yourself and to begin the healing process um so on you know it's kind of the standard Uh, Wounded states, if you're lightly wounded, then the first aid DV to beat is 10. If you're seriously wounded, then the DV to beat is 13. And if you are mortally wounded or nearly near death, then the DV to beat is uh, 15. So um, basically what you're rolling is a tech first aid or paramedic skill plus a D10. Um, and you're trying to beat those uh, difficulty values, those DVs that I just mentioned there. Um, so with that, like you get stabilized. And if you're mortally wounded, which means you're at or below zero HP, um, you get brought to one HP and go unconscious. Um, yes. From there. And it's worth- yeah. Sorry. Go
1: ahead. Well, I was just saying, gonna say it's worth noting that if you are trying to um patch yourself up in this sort of situation, keep in mind once you cross that seriously wounded threshold, which is when you're at um less than half of your hit points, um that's when you start taking penalties to your own stuff. So those difficulty values are climbing up and your ability to handle them yourself is uh going down. Right. At the same time. For sure. Which uh makes things fun and complicated
0: yeah absolutely so if you're trying to patch yourself up from a seriously wounded state you have a minus two to that uh and if you're in a mortally wounded state you have a minus four to that because those are the penalties that you have to all actions in those states healing yourself being included in that so for sure
1: and i think that's a good preservation of verisimilitude Mm -hmm. as it were yeah because if you think about it like that makes sense. If your like thumb is hacked off and you're trying to like bandage it up, you're going to be doing a lot of like going oh shit oh fuck mm-hmm. and also you don't have a thumb. So right.
0: Know. So it's a little bit easier for someone who is not mortally wounded or not seriously wounded to be able to uh, administer that aid to you rather than you to yourself.
1: For sure. And from a like tabletop like procedural standpoint, mm-hmm. like it's nice that the actual consequent like, um. The minus two to all actions, say, that you get from being seriously wounded isn't necessarily... It could be a lot of different things. That can be something that you can flavor in your own way. Right, right. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, the rule is set, but what that looks like can be anything. Exactly, yeah. So if you... It could be mental duress. It Mm -hmm. could just be the physical duress. It could be kind of both of those things.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I was just going to say, like, if you had received some sort of, uh you know, critical injury, even one that's maybe not as bad as the others, like, you know, it can be like a cracked rib or, you know, a sprained uh, muscle, stuff like that, like, that still could be the thing that's imposing that minus two or minus four on you. Uh, I mean, minus four, obviously, like, or chances are it's going to be something worse, but uh, whatever sort of flavor you want to give that or your the GM wants to give that for why you're you're struggling so hard mm-hmm. um so yeah we t- uh, t- to talk a little bit more in depth about the skills that you need um you know again i, I mentioned like first aid or, or paramedic um, those are good for stabilizing you can also use them for uh kind of healing or returning or getting your starting to get your hit points back uh, from even a lightly wounded or Uh, seriously wounded state and not necessarily like stabilizing from mortally wounded Um, you can also use cyber tech uh, as a skill to be able to do like a quick fix on you know your cyberware so if you have a you know a cybernetic arm or you know leg or something and you have the critical injury of um like oh you you know lost a leg or lost an arm or it's it's damaged severely you can use cybertech to patch that up or patch yourself up as well but again at a a cost um you know either way um so i i thought it was pretty interesting that you know that there's that addendum to um to treating these critical injuries is it having the cybertech skill as an option for when it's cyberware that gets busted so. for sure
1: and that's uh that's very it's nice that it's kind of compartmentalized like that mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. because they're two different um they're two different types of things yeah like your side your weird cyber eye is not the same as a regular eye and the <laughs> game reflects that yeah
0: exactly um should we talk about critical injuries a bit? Yeah, for sure. We can go into a little bit more detail. I know we talked some last week about the uh, we, we didn't I didn't really go into much detail. So yeah, let's let's dig into it a little bit more.
1: All right. So critical injuries happen um, when two or more sixes are rolled on a damage roll. Mm-hmm. They can happen to you. They can happen to somebody else. Uh, there are t- um, there are two tables. For critical injuries one is injuries to the body broadly construed mm-hmm. everything except the head there's also critical injuries to the head which um would occur if and only if um the attack in question was targeted at the head is that correct
0: yeah yeah so there are we mentioned um when we were talking about combat there are some specific rules for taking like an aimed shot like a head shot which you you take a huge penalty to but if you hit then you damage their head, and and it does additional damage. Um, so if you are doing such a, a shot or an, a, you know an attack, and the damage rolls you know two sixes or more out of the, on the d sixes, then that critical injury applies to the head instead of the body.
1: For sure. Um, and um, so you have these two d six tables. Uh, I don't think. It's going to be the best use of our time to go through each and every one of these injuries Probably individually. Probably not. No. Yeah, but what I think is interesting is that, um, in terms of how these tables are structured, it seems to, it sure looks to me like, like if you roll in a, t- a two or a three, those are re- like on the lower end. Those are really bad injuries. Mm-hmm. And then if you get into the middle, which is kind of going to be close to the like center of the like bell curve distribution mm-hmm. for all you stat heads out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh who are into your like probability stats. Um these are a bit milder. Some of these still um still can it, be rough, but yeah, not yeah.
0: it's not as bad.
1: Yeah. They aren't as bad. They uh they are still make no mistake, these are still these are still like consequential and significant things that are going to make your character's life much more difficult. Mm-hmm. But they aren't like they don't like mess up your death save penalties or anything like right. that. Right. Um and then once you get back to the top end of the range where again you're at you're kind of at the end of your nice little bell curve here. Mm-hmm. Then they start getting pretty nasty again.
0: Right. So the more the more average roles are less bad because they're gonna come up more often, um, but the the less common rolls uh, of, like, rolling low or rolling high is going to be much worse. Um, Just as a couple of examples, like, um, you know, rolling a 2, which is rolling, like, Snake Eyes on your D6s, that's a dismembered arm. So you lose your arm, it's gone, uh, and your death save penalty is decreased by 1. But as opposed to, like, kind of in the middle, you have, instead, if you roll a 6, you get a broken arm. So the arm can't be used. Uh, you drop any items that are in it. You don't lose the arm, and you don't have any additional penalties to your death saves. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. And then on the other end, that rolling a twelve is a dismembered leg. So like you lose movement, and your death save penalty is increased by one. Um, and you can't dodge attacks. So even if you could dodge attacks with you know a high reflex, you have, if you have a dismembered leg can't do that anymore. So yeah.
1: Yep which uh makes a little too much sense if you think about it
0: (laughs) yeah uh yeah
1: Yeah. so so that's kind of the contrast mm -hmm. uh but that's kind of what um what i was saying that's what a terrible injury looks like versus a like well this is bad but you know it could be worse sort of injury
0: exactly uh yeah and then the sorry what were you going to mention
1: uh well you got me
0: you got there first so what were you gonna okay i was just gonna say the uh the treatment for these kind of increases uh in sort of a similar curve more or less where the the quick fix you know if you're rolling low or rolling high uh either you can't do a quick fix or the the dv is going to be pretty high um but if you're rolling Uh, you know, average, if you roll on the average, then the DV for doing like a quick fix and sort of solving the problem for the rest of the day um, is like somewhat easy, somewhat doable. Um, And then the same with the treatment, which is like the permanent fix of usually going to be surgery or a paramedic check, uh, things like that, to uh, to actually repair and like completely heal uh, whatever critical injury is. Uh, So it's, it's sort of the difficulty sort of follows that same, bell curve that uh rob was mentioning
1: yeah very much so except for again these um any of these ones that are like the loss of limb ones do not have a quick fix right. which makes sense right and again just this is um just mike touched on this but i do want to highlight this because this is a baked in distinction between the quick fix and the permanent treatment mm-hmm. if you uh if a quick fix succeeds that um, ends the effects of that critical injury for the end of the day. Not permanently, just the end of the day. If you want a permanent fixed for the solution, you will almost always have to undergo surgery. Although, again, some of these milder um, effects can be um, negated with the quick fix itself.
0: Right. So, yeah, I mean, they can be done at uh, or they, they can also be done at like a, you know, a clinic or something versus going to a hospital, Uh, which we'll get into a little bit here as well
1: or going to the mall we're going to the mall
0: yeah which there's going to the
1: mall is kind of more for installing cyberware it seems
0: like but yeah right although i think some of the mall like you can find a clinic at the mall it kind of seems like as well um so yeah i mean why have a mall if you can't go to the clinic at the same time (laughs) exactly
1: can hit up the orange julius and then (laughs) then go uh... get
0: stitches in your head and you're good (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) hit up yeah you uh swing by jamba juice maybe um the taco johns for some of you upper midwest types Hmm. and then uh get your blood work done and then get called the next day and be like yeah so this doesn't look great (laughs) (laughs)
0: prognosis is not good right right also man i sure Mm -hmm. hope that they have orange Julius's in the dark future again that would be that'd be great
1: you you know i kind of i'm i'm pretty agnostic on orange julius okay. i've never actually i've never actually gone to one i've seen yeah, them. Was... i know they exist mm-hmm. i can confirm their existence i yeah. cannot speak to their quality it was
0: a thing in the 90s when i was a kid mostly when we would go to san antonio because i like i was born there and we would go back there occasionally that's where i would find them so it was like a treat to me at that point oh. um which is probably why i associate good feelings with orange julius so sure I that i haven't had good. in years uh, so yeah
1: yeah for sure all right 19 hits the dragon brought to you by
0: <laughs> orange julius <laughs> brought to you by the
1: fucking orange julius in san antonio yes. i'm sure there's just one it's there's probably
0: only it. still just one yeah if any at all yep. <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah hashtag not a sponsor anyway right. moving on uh, moving on <laughs> yeah so, so yeah,
1: this, uh, this head injury chart looks, um, well, it is kind of worse. There's a similar sort of distribution, but I'm seeing a lot of more of a uh, base death save penalties increased. Mm-hmm, for
0: sure. Yeah. And, it, instead of having like, you know, four or five, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Five slots for the body for the... Head injuries, is it three, four? Oh, it's four. Okay. So there's one fewer with the increased death save penalty. Anyway, uh yeah. Still pretty rough.
1: Yep. Not great.
0: Don't get injured in the head. It's bad <laughs> yeah. <you. laughs> Who would have thought head injuries are bad? <laughs> but again, we see kind of the very similitude uh baked into the uh the mechanics and the rule system here, right? Like injuries to your body are are bad and they can be really bad but injuries to the head are often worse um yeah so yeah
1: there is very there's very few things that could be considered a head injury that also don't put you in mortal peril yeah which is kind of how
0: real life works <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> as it turns out indeed um yeah Ooh, so no. don't get hit in the head yeah. That's... <laughs> <For sure. laughs> yeah. Some sage advice that we bring you here at Nineteen Hits the Dragon. Yeah. Don't this, get this. You head. can't
1: get this shit anywhere else, people. <laughs> like, I know what uh, you're thinking. You're sitting and you're sitting on your commute from like your bed to your desk, and you know you fire up your uh you fire up your tunes, thinking to yourself. Man, what would happen if I got hit in the head really hard? Like, I'd be okay, and you just don't know. And we're here to clarify things and bring you the guidance that you need to protect your neck. All
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving uh, okay. on. Moving um, on. So yeah, we talked a little bit about kind of the skills and the increase on you know the difficulty values uh, uh, that you're trying to succeed on in order to heal. Um, something worth noting that you know when when you heal it's not like you're not just getting all of your hit points back right away and there's no as I kind of mentioned last uh, last episode there's no like healing potion mechanic right you you get a number of hit points equal to your body stat uh, every day so if you're serious again if you're seriously injured you know or mortally wounded then it's going to take a long time for you to get uh, back up on your feet and be at, at full health um mm-hmm. yeah
1: you're not you're not just going to be able to sleep that off and go back out
0: on another job the next day right That's yeah not <laughs> you don't you yeah. don't get all your hit points back from taking a long rest right like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure it's mu- much more grim and, and gritty uh, than that um, which you know, there you know, for things like D and D, there are these kind of gritty, real, more realistic rules that are optional that you can make use of, but that's just the way that it is in cyberpunk red.
1: For sure. Although to be fair, not again, not to harp on D and D because that's not what we're here for today. But just the long rest, all, all automatically gives you all your health back. Is I'm pretty sure it's a new fifth edition thing maybe fourth edition had it but Mm -hmm. if you go before there you only get a few hit points back just from resting yeah true still still yeah this is again the the theme the theme of uh the whole trauma team chapter here in cyberpunk red is consequence
0: absolutely bullets hurt (laughs) bullets hurt yep uh, so, yeah, talking a little bit more about uh, healing, though, as well. So, one thing that's kind of neat uh, and also very uh, pointed is that if you have money, you can get good health care. <laughs> <So>, what? <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like, yeah, obviously if you're going to the hospital or if you're going to be getting, you know, even patched up at a clinic, there's going to be a cost. But, uh, interestingly, there is an option where you can buy these trauma team, uh, packages essentially, where, you know, if you spend, $500 a month or a thousand well, a 500 bucks euro bucks a month uh, or a thousand euro bucks a month, then you can get these uh, packages where you get better healthcare. Essentially, um, you know, you have the silver package, which is 500 EB a month and the exec or the executive package, which is a thousand EB a month. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they, they do kind of what they sound like they'll do, you know, so the silver, members, um, you are basically charged for treatments that are requiring surgery, uh, equal to the cost that would be charged at a hospital. But, uh, if you, sorry, I'm having to <laughs> reread these again real quick, but, um, if you don't want them to like take you to the hospital or pay for the extra treatment, essentially they can still like do everything that they can to patch you up with like a paramedic or a skill check, uh, and then just sort of drop you off wherever, um, at like maybe a hospital or a clinic or something like that so um, yeah there's a, an option for having this sort of like team come in uh, of paramedics to you know patch you up on the street and then kind of leave you wherever your is going to be best to get you like actual healing from a hospital or something like that um, or you can just kind of pay extra to Uh, Or or like pay for the cost of treatment that would be required for them to patch you up, or do give you permanent treatment on the spot, more or less. Um, And then the executive basically the the money that you put into that covers the cost of surgery. So if the trauma team has to perform surgery, or you know any any uh, like severe uh, for any severe injuries or critical injuries, then um, you don't pay any extra on the spot they just come and you know pick you up patch you up uh and so forth um
1: so i feel like i'm not fully understanding what the extra actu- like i don't understand what the silver team actually gets you so are would the um do they quick fix you automatically then yeah, they or- quick fix you
0: automatically at, at no additional cost um, I think they do still have to roll for it, and there is a sort of a, a chart that lays out the different members of the trauma team that's coming for you. Um, the, the thing about it also is that there are security officers that come with this trauma team, right? So if you're in peril and you're getting shot at, you can you know call the trauma team to come and pick you up or pick up your friend or whatever, um, and... Um, they will protect them from whatever harm might be coming to them. Um, Now, it doesn't happen automatically. You have to, you roll a D6, and whatever you roll on that D6, uh, that's how many rounds it takes before the trauma team uh, shows up. But um, once they get there, they have some ability to, um, you know, protect you. Uh, If they get shot at, they will return fire. Um, otherwise they will kind of scoop you up and remove you from harm's way and then patch you up on the spot, um, and, you know, whisk you away. And if you want to pay extra for like the surgery, if that's necessary, then you can do that on the spot. Um, otherwise they'll just leave you at a hospital that is, you know, somewhere safe and away from all the gunfire that you were in a moment ago that got you into the critical injury state.
1: If trauma team members get shot, do they call another trauma team?
0: (laughs) That's kind of a serious question. Infinite uh... trauma teams all the way down? Uh, Yeah, I mean... mean... Potentially, I I think kind of the purpose of them and like the security guards as well, because they do have their own uh, HP values and the, the stopping power of their armor that they're wearing and stuff like that. So I think ideally, you know, they're moving in and extracting you before they can get seriously injured um it's kind of the goal but uh i suppose if you know enough of them were to get into a state uh, of injury where they couldn't do that successfully then maybe they would call in another trauma team uh so it's just you know trauma teams all the way down
1: (laughs) yeah fun yep (laughs) that would probably i think yeah I was I wasn't trying to be a total troll there. I was just like that that became my first thought because again, they're armed and like mm-hmm. I'm assuming that the the tenets of cyberpunk as fiction hold that like the bad guys are just colossal assholes, right? Mm-hmm. They are absolutely not above like, oh, well, you brought in a trauma team to like a trauma team. To come patch you up? Well, we're just going to kill them too, right? Right. So it's sort—I feel like it's sort of a salient concern. Yeah. And obviously, but, the fact that they have combat stats and combat abilities indicates mm-hmm. that that's very much on the table.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think the idea behind the trauma team, though, is that they are—they're beefy enough to be like a serious threat. Um, and especially like the security officers uh you know they have a stopping power in their armor of 13 which is pretty hefty Uh, and then like the medical assistants they carry bulletproof shields uh, and stuff like that as well so um you know i think they the idea is that they're a little bit more prepped to kind of fly into dangerous situations scoop up their target and then fly out Uh, because they are they are when i say fly i mean literally flying they're using a an air vehicle an av4 uh, which is like a like a hover car essentially or a hover van hover hover ambulance I guess in this case. So
1: Those are the ones that look like the DeLorean in Back to the Future too, right? Where uh, the wheels kind y- of go up.
0: Yeah, so and not even like the that they have wheels that go up. They just have these like sort of jet things on the side um where the normally would be wheels. They just are like hover engine hover engines I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, fair. Um, so yeah, again, like I, I think the idea is that especially for the, the main value that you get with the silver is you know getting the quick fix and getting uh, you know error lifted out of whatever sticky situation you're in. Um, sure. And then the executive is you're getting that plus you don't have to pay extra if or, or pay for any additional surgery. Uh, which you normally would on the silver package. You're just, you know, paying for the cost of surgery like you would if you were at a hospital or something like that. So,
1: yeah. For sure. Also, fair. So one more thing, I guess, with the trauma team is just kind of how you can sort of share the coverage, mm-hmm. yep. I guess, as yep. it were. So um, you can, um, if you have a trauma team plan, you can... Uh, Use it for one of your friends, um. But you cannot do this, um, if you've already called for the trauma team for yourself, right? Or and, nor can you do it for two people at once. So right. you can o- it can only be used on one person. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that is the person who is the owner of the plan is not. Yeah, that's not as much a thing that is right. concerned with. And that's a good
0: sentence. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah. interestingly, like we talked about the um, the exec uh, role ability, and one of the things that you can get being you know a corporate yuppie is uh, health insurance essentially, where you get a silver package just automatically as part of you know, being part of the corporation, um, and you can do the same thing as well. Like you can, you know, if your team member is hurt and they need to be lifted out you can call in your silver package to lift them out instead of the rest of instead of yourself or you know whatever so for sure
1: yeah you can also um link your uh membership to your agent so that um the trauma team is automatically dispatched when you're when quote and in bold so this is important yep you have HP less than your body or whenever you receive a critical injury that dismembers a body part, end quote.
0: Yeah, so, so there you can kind of, of program that into your, your agent, which is kind of like your smartphone, essentially. Um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And, and then uh, just to quickly cover the um, the members of the trauma team, you get a trauma team doctor, trauma team medical assistants, uh, two trauma team uh, – oh, no, sorry, just one medical assistant, two trauma security officers, um, and a pilot for the AV-4 as well. So, you know, generally speaking, the pilot's probably going to stay in the AV-4 and keep it hovering, um, but if they need to get out or need to fire from – uh, their cockpit or whatever, then they, uh, they have stats too. So for sure. So, right. yeah. So that's a little bit about the trauma team. And we mentioned that, you know, they can uh, drop you off at a hospital, like going to a hospital is also a viable option. Um, usually what you need to do to uh, get treatment and get, you know, permanent fix to whatever critical injury you suffered. Um and it can be pretty costly as well. Um, basically, the uh, the higher the DV for uh, your injury, the more expensive it's going to be. So, starting off with a DV of ten uh, is fifty dollars. Thirteen is uh, bucks. Uh, Thirteen is hundred bucks. Fifteen is five hundred bucks. And then a DV of seventeen or higher um, is very expensive, and that's a thousand uh, euro bucks.
1: For sure but this is basically this is a kind of one chart uh, fits all situation in terms of like right. hospital services there's no there's no itemization here mm-hmm. it's just purely based on the dv of the injury in question which is all specified earlier in the chapter mm-hmm. under the critical injuries and the stabilization tables and all that stuff right so it's all kind of it's all kind of, as we've seen a lot of times with the with the game it's all kind of rolled together mm-hmm. into uh like small package
0: yeah uh, yeah everything kind of fits together um, and interestingly uh, just talking about like you know getting treated for injuries and stuff like that something that is sort of specified in in this section on the hospital is like okay so you're essentially have the ability to replace limbs with other like actual limbs uh, you're essentially getting a cloned, Limb of yourself, or you know, maybe from a, a cadaver or something along those lines. So, um, yeah, essentially, yeah, like there, you know, there is an advanced enough medical technology that, uh, you know, harvesting organs or, uh, you know, limbs and things is, uh, not really something that's done anymore as far as like, you know, people become organ donors when they die that's not really a thing because you can just kind of grow a new one and it's cheaper to do that so
1: for sure i think that this uh this paragraph here um it strikes me as very much I don't know if this is true or not. This is speculation. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's kind of maybe a throwback to, like, rules in previous versions Mm -hmm. where there was Mm -hmm. more like, oh, well, they need to, like, harvest an organ from a cadaver or something Mm -hmm. like that. And now it's kind of, like, explaining why that's not necessarily a thing anymore.
0: Okay. Yeah, I could see that as a, you know, uh, potentiality. Uh, Again, I haven't read any of the older systems, so I wouldn't be able to say for sure, but I can see how you would glean that, so
1: yeah I, I mean this doesn't even i don't know that i'd even call this an educated guess that's just sort of the vibe i get
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: note that i made jazz hands when i said vibe.
0: i think you have to. for say, all you
1: viewers at home i think
0: that's the law right if you say vibe you got to do the jazz hands
1: you got to do jazz hands otherwise how can you how can you throw out a vibe if you're not doing jazz hands
0: man exactly <laughs> yeah uh, yep don't uh, be ridiculous <laughs> yeah uh so uh, you know and just kind of continuing off uh those it it talks a little bit about uh found cyberware and like installing cyberware onto yourself so if you find it in quotes you know reclaiming from a, a body is also a way of finding cyberware um but um you can get that installed on yourself at basically a fraction of the cost of like purchasing new cyberware yourself, right? So uh, depending on kind of what the uh, the DV is for installing that, it can be done at various places. It can be done at the mall, as we mentioned earlier, at a clinic um, or at a hospital and uh, kind of goes up in price as well. So DV13 is at a mall and that's a hundred bucks dv15 can be done at a clinic and that's 500 and a dv17 can be needs to be done at a hospital uh hospital and um that is a thousand bucks very expensive
1: note that these dvs and um costs match up exactly with the hospital table Yep. also note that um unless the um only mall grade cyberware um is oh god i fucked myself from a syntax perspective you can only <laughs> install mall grade cyberware on yourself right there we go got it fucking nailed it man <laughs> first
0: try first try
1: first try <laughs> fuck it we'll do it live <laughs> jesus uh, no, it's, it's good. oh god fuck that guy
0: um yes yeah all right uh, yeah, then just to quickly touch on body sculpting uh, as well. So um, basically body sculpting is a thing you can, you know, craft standard or exotic body parts onto yourself or sh- reshape uh, your body in certain ways in a standard way or in an, a, an exotic way. Um, so yeah, and this kind of follows yeah. the same uh, same principles as the previous charts that we've seen. Only there is no like DV thirteen level or below. It starts with a DV fifteen for a standard body sculpting, and that is uh, five hundred bucks. And uh, exotic is a DV of seventeen, and that is a thousand bucks. Um, and, and there's gives you, yeah, gives you humanity loss. Sorry, gives you humanity loss. Yeah.
1: Yep, because you're like giving yourself like a dorsal fin or whatever.
0: Right. Again, if you're seeing the body as a thing, then there's you know humanity loss that becomes associated with that, and it's pretty steep as well. Forty-six humanity loss is pretty steep. That's really something. That level of humanity loss is like you know the Borgware that's kind of completely reshaping your body as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, very
1: much so. So it's pretty steep, although the standard comes with no humanity loss because you're just making yourself look nicer.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of crafting your body into sort of the way that you feel you should be, right? So I think this kind of can even take on like, you know, gender reassignment type body sculpting as well. Like if you identify as this and you are shaping your body as that thing, then there's no humanity loss because you're becoming more of yourself in doing so. Mm -hmm exactly yeah um
1: oh. okay yeah and uh, i was just thinking yeah again if like one of the core tenets of the game is style over substance there are compelling mm-hmm. reasons why you
0: want to make yourself look cooler yeah because absolutely looking
1: cool looking cool is what it's all about
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of the, you know, options for the exotic body sculpting are like alien or inhuman features, whiskers, muzzles, manes, it, Rob mentioned a uh, dorsal fin, like claws and antennae, and you know, stuff like that, like things that are really outlandish and typically, well, not typically, but completely unhuman things that you are doing to your body right so that's why something like that would cause humanity loss versus you're just sort of reshaping yourself into your best or your truest self um is not going to make you lose humanity for sure
1: it's only once you kind of like i guess this feels arbitrary the way i'm thinking about this it's like when you cross the threshold into like non-human features Mm -hmm. I guess but,
0: yeah. I, I would agree with that statement though. I mean, that and that seems to be sort of the, um, the feel here as well. Cause even, I mean, like it, it mentions, you know, the people that are like, you know, absolutely beautiful, um, are probably going to be body sculpted, right? Like the most attractive person in the room is body sculpted. And that is
1: yeah. sort
0: of sta- the feeling of standard, right? It's after that, that it starts talking about exotic, so I think you're you're right on the money there when you say that. Aw, thanks, man. Yeah. All right.
1: You uh, want to talk about some drugs?
0: Yeah, man, let's do drugs. <laughs> Mike, what do you think about drugs? <laughs> uh, that's a different uh, different podcast. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the
1: 19 Hits the Dragon Drugs podcast. <laughs> yes
0: uh yeah Yeah. so uh but drugs are a thing in cyberpunk red and Mm -hmm. they're mostly bad (laughs) to be completely honest they're mostly (laughs) bad yeah this
1: is like um you can this is just a brief uh brief list of five drugs that are all addictive Mm -hmm. and all um i don't know if do they all give you potentially positive
0: things or not necessarily? Um, for the most part, I think uh, Black Lace does not really. Um, oh, well, it, it kind of does. So, yeah, you suffer some humanity loss with Black Lace, but then you ignore the effects of the seriously wounded state. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like, I guess that's a good thing. Everything else seems to like the, the primary effects are mostly good and don't incur anything negative with the primary effects but then the secondary effect that will kick in if you get addicted to that is bad um For sure yeah
1: also pcp is okay mike daniel You heard
0: <laughs> it <here> first. <laughs> that's not at all what i'm saying uh, sorry man uh, not uh, not even a little bit i shouldn't don't have thrown you words under the, the bus my like that don't put those words in my mouth rob I know, I know. I'm sorry. No, it's it's all good. It's all good. All in good fun. Um, but yeah, basically there are. So I mentioned like the black lace. That's kind of like a um, like that removes the debuff from being seriously injured. Um, but there are other effects that are kind of uppers for the most part. Like you increase um your your int score or your int, uh stat. Um, you get a plus two when you're trying to like, you know, dance or do some performing uh, type activities, but also human perception and persuasion with like smash um, boost is the one that increases your int As I mentioned, um, uh, blue glass kind of seems to just be like a hallucination
1: primary yeah. effect.
0: Like you just want to flash out as it's called uh you're just hallucinating uh seeing funny colors and swirling vibrant colors and shit like that
1: yeah every time i see drugs in general every time i see drugs in a tabletop rpg i think immediately in terms of analogs mm-hmm. so you got your black lace that's it's basically as pcp mm-hmm. like makes you super strong and paint well not super strong but like it, it removes you, that
0: pain threshold that you can potentially feel
1: yeah yeah gives you a high pain tolerance but turns you into a psychopath <laughs> <laughs> yep um blue glass seems kind of like in terms of like it's a hallucin it's a hallucinogen um and, but um can cause flashbacks if you do get addicted mm-hmm. um by the way um addiction is done um each one of these drugs has a difficulty value associated with its secondary effect, which is basically addiction and its consequences. Mm-hmm. And um, this is, um, the DV is for a resist torture slash drugs check, yep. which is one of the skills. Right. Um, and basically, if you fail, you get addicted, <laughs> which um, yes, yeah, is great.
0: I have a funny story after we kind of talk, give an overview on the drugs here, but go ahead for sure
1: yeah boost is definitely i see this and i think adderall pretty mm-hmm. quickly oh yeah yeah um and then smash is kind of a super booze sort of situation it seems like more yeah it's
0: kind of like uh like ecstasy or molly or something right where it makes you really good at like dancing uh but also it makes you very convincing and uh if you do like an acting check and stuff like that so
1: sure yeah that's fair i it suppose gives you I didn't feel think- good's yeah, I suppose I didn't think of it that way just because um, the description says, quote, yellow foamy and sold in cans everywhere, which uh, immediately like, yeah, yeah.
0: but you're, it is you're right. A bit there more. Is... It's it's kind of a, a mix of the two, right? Like, you know, yeah. super alcohol, but also kind of has some of the effects of like a, like ecstasy yeah. type drug.
1: There's definitely some MDMA in the DNA here that now For I'm sure. taking a look at it. And then last and not least is Synth Coke, which is an analog for heroin, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: I'll take it back and get you some heroin. Yeah. Um, But no, it's uh, Synth Coke obviously being cocaine. Yep. Increases your reflex and makes you paranoid. That's one of the primary effects. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Uh, And uh, as Rob said, these all have a a DV that you have to – beat with a resist drugs or resist torture slash drugs check a skill check Uh, and if you fail those then you become addicted and suffer the secondary effects which for a lot of the drugs is just kind of like the opposite of the primary effect so like with boost uh you increase your ant by two points um and if you become addicted then your ant is just lowered by two points all the time uh so basically you have to keep doing boosts to get back up to just normal um yeah
1: which i think is pretty great because it's like an actual game reason for the addiction like response to be happening Right, right right yeah like you get you get into a space of like oh i can't do my stuff if i don't have my boost or whatever right
0: yeah Um, yeah, so, like, I mean, drugs are not great, obviously, but they, there is this sort of baked in mechanic to, like, okay, well, you become addicted, so now you need to keep doing this in order to continue to live normally, essentially. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Um. So, what happens when you're addicted to drugs, Rob? Um...
1: Your family all shows up and they sit you down uh, promising drugs and then they tell you why you make them sad and you <laughs> go away to northern Minnesota for a few weeks and then you come back and maybe some other stuff happens. Uh,
0: it's, it's hilarious, but there is a little bit of truth in that as well. Like You you mentioned going away to northern Minnesota, is like going to rehab. Uh, that's where the therapy first get, starts to come in in, in the book here. Um, so okay. one of the primary functions of therapy is to uh, restore humanity loss, but also you can treat addiction with therapy as well, um, with just like real life. Um, so, again, take care of your mental health, y'all. It's, it's important, mm-hmm. especially in times like what we're living through right now uh, yep. and times like the dark future, which are not at all... Uh, Analogous, analogous. What's the word I'm looking for? Analogous. Analogous. Thank you, Rob. I forget yeah. how to speak sometimes. <laughs>
1: Who doesn't, man?
0: Words are hard. <laughs> Words are hard, indeed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you if you get addicted to drugs or if you lose humanity, you can go to therapy. Um, and it's it's some pretty interesting mechanics here. So you you know for. Going to therapy, you spend basically a week of your downtime. It's going to cost you some money. And based on what you're trying to get therapy for, there is a DV that's set um, to succeed. And your the med tech that you're seeing, which can also be the med tech in the party, um, is trying to beat that DV in order to uh, be successful in the treatment, essentially.
1: Yeah. And the treatment is a combination of pharmaceutical stuff and also um, other techniques, basically. Right. Yeah. Um. There are three categories of therapy. Um. Mm-hmm. There's um. Uh. There's standard and extreme humanity loss therapy. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of. Those are pretty much the same in kind. The difference is just one of degree. And there's also addiction therapy.
0: Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, and yeah, so the, the standard humanity loss and extreme humanity loss, um, treatment kind of follows the, uh, the model that we saw with going to the hospital where the standard is, you know, $500 or 500 euro bucks, and it's a DV of 15, um, on a success, you get 2d6 humanity back, um, Though it is important to note that humanity cannot be fully regained without the removal of cyberware. So uh, basically, you know, each piece of cyberware will decrease your maximum humanity by two. Um, so for every piece of, hum- of uh, cyberware that you have, you know, you can only get up to, um, you know, that times two minus your total humanity is kind of standard as far as like what your empathy score um, says that it it should be. Um, and then with extreme humanity loss treatment is kind of similar. The DV is higher. It's a DV of 17, costs a thousand bucks, and you get four D6 humanity returned um, on a success. And again, it's like a, a week of intensive psychotherapy uh, counseling with your therapist, potentially using pharmaceuticals as well um, to to treat this humanity loss for you.
1: And, um, worth noting, um, a couple things, addiction therapy then is, uh, it caught it's one week of therapy only takes care of one addiction mm-hmm. and, um, relapse is also possible. Basically, um, if you, for one year after your addiction treatment, if it's successful, which hold that thought. If it's successful if you do whatever you were addicted to again within that year, you just you become addicted again, basically. Mm -hmm. Automatically. You don't get a check.
0: You fail the roll against the secondary effect without rolling it, essentially.
1: Yep. It's just that's what it is. Yep. It's a done deal. And um, yeah. When I said hold that thought, I meant it because um these are all kind of expensive things, but if Mm -hmm. the dv check fails for this therapy um yeah you're out a week of your time and however much it costs
0: exactly uh, that, and the and med that. tech still has to, to spend their money on like uh the, the materials that they used in you know your treatment as well uh and all of that gets spent and used up and if you fail then it's all gone and all for naught, essentially yep so
1: yeah which uh would suck yes also note that yes the med te- uh if your party does have a med tech that med tech can do this therapy mm-hmm. just not on their selves
0: correct yeah so you can't do therapy on yourself which is uh again pretty realistic um yeah you can be the greatest psychologist in the world you if you're having you know issues yourself you're not going to be able to heal those yourself you need some outside influence there um mm-hmm and uh, real quick, before we kind of move on to uh, the next uh, topic here in, in the trauma section, um, I did want to tell a quick story because we uh, I, I started playing Cyberpunk Red with my Monday night group. And uh, the exec uh, made a character choice that he is going to do drugs. Um, so he took boost and he has put so many points into being able to succeed on his uh, resist drugs or resist torture slash drugs. Uh, check that literally the only way he could fail is by rolling a one um and his the first time he did boost in game uh the the gm made him make the check for it and he rolled <laughs> rolled a one uh so yep. <laughs> not only did he with that he got you know a 16 which would be like below um uh, the the uh affect the dv Um, but then because he rolled a one he had to roll another d10 and subtract that so he ended up with a roll of an eight on something that he should have you know like a plus plus 15 or plus 16 uh two essentially uh so yeah (laughs) nope you can plan and prepare and try and you know uh steal yourself as much as possible um but uh if you do drugs there's still a chance to be addicted to them
1: yeah (laughs) i said yup not because i was there i was not but just because i was like i feel like i can sense where this may be going yep (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. so uh just an important note uh since you're using a d10 uh that instead of a d20 that means that a critical failure and a critical success as well uh, is going to come up twice as often yep so
1: math yeah it's nuts
0: <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, so yeah uh do we want to talk about cyberpsychosis now and depersonalization this will be we a should, fun topic it is a fun um, topic
1: we should probably you know um pick up the pace just a
0: touch for sure no that's fair. just a skosh as Where it were yet we oh wow we've already been recording for a while here
1: yeah we've been going a bit Yep. um and this is all I don't want to say, like, it's above my pay grade exactly, but <clears> this is, like, actual heavy psychological, mental health, serious, like, real life stuff.
0: For sure. Kinda. For sure. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, definitely, uh, I feel like we'll we'll probably circle back and put a content warning at the beginning of this episode just because we are dealing with some, uh, some heavy topics here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, if you're listening to this, you probably already heard anyway uh yeah. so yeah just to, to quickly kind of touch on um the aspects of cyber psychosis and and uh you know the mental trauma aspects that are put in, into the rule set as well um basically you know if you if you keep losing humanity then there is a very good chance that you will become sus- susceptible to cyber psychosis or you know fall into this world of, of cyber psychosis, um, mm-hmm. and, and psychosis in, in, in general, which there are, you know, some, some rules here for, um, basically, you know, if you get to the point where your, your empathy is equal to two, um, or lower, you're going to be at a point of having like borderline dissociative disorder. There's actually a list of, um, uh, a list of elements of psychopathy from the hair psychopathy checklist which was kind of the uh I, I did some research on this but it was essentially like the initial compiling of aspects uh like personality aspects of a psychopath um and there is like it's been upgraded now and changed around a little bit but there is uh in the rule set here a list of uh i think about 10 or so uh different elements or personality traits that, um, are common to psychopaths. Um, and if you're at the point of your humanity or sorry, your, uh, empathy being two, you're starting to display some of those at a humanity of one. Um, you have dissociative disorder slash borderline psych, uh, cyberpsychosis, and you exhibit at least three of the traits from this list very strongly. Um, And it says, you know, do your best to Um, Mm role-play. If your humanity becomes, or if your empathy becomes zero, you have cyberpsychosis, exhibit at least five traits from this list and do your best to role-play accordingly. Beyond that, having negative humanity um, alongside zero empathy, you are, you know, fully overwhelmed by cyberpsychosis and you turn your character sheet over to the GM and you're an NPC now. Uh and roll yep. up a new character.
1: And uh, you're going to be dead soon. Right. <laughs> yeah, cuz yeah, you've uh
0: yeah. Uh, um yeah, basically. it, it cyberpsychosis generally implies like the, you know, violence as well and just sort of, you know, not really having a, a, any cares left for yourself as a person. So it says like death is a very typical outcome because you're going to you know do something that gets like uh the the SWAT team called on you essentially um capture and rehabilitation are rare it says so
1: yeah yeah and then um yeah just to kind of this is also kind of a quote from the book here um that kind of illustrates um the starting point of disassociation and mm-hmm. how that um kind of continues down da- that how that can continue down into cyberpsychosis. Mm-hmm. Um but um disassociation is I'm gonna paraphrase this, yeah. and by paraphrase I mean verbatim but rearranged. <laughs> Disassociating yeah. is saying I'm a thing. I'm not necessarily a person, I'm just a thing. I'm like a meat sack in like whatever, right? right? and then psychopathic tendencies are everyone else is a thing when you put those two attitudes together that's when you get that's when you get cyber psychosis
0: right basically which is you know if i'm a thing and everyone else is a thing then why not just kill any of the things that get in my way of what i want um, yes yeah um Yeah. And, you know, just another story from my Monday night game Uh, when we got into our session zero and um, we were, you know, rolling our characters up, um, our tech had sort of loaded himself up with uh, cyberware and was at the point of like, I think he had maybe two uh, empathy or maybe even one. Like he was in a really rough shape. Um, So the the gm like when we realized that was like hey man like if you do this like i'm not going to stop you if you really want to do this but just know that you are a breath away from becoming an npc and and going completely psycho uh psychopathic literally um and you know that could very easily happen to your character here and uh so the character the the player at that point decided to kind of hit the reset button on his cyberware and uh, do it a little bit better so that he hadn't lost quite so much uh humanity and didn't put on so much gear from the beginning um so that he was in a rough state to begin with so yeah um
1: yeah yeah. i uh kind of um in our game of cyberpunk which mike is running and i'm i'm playing the netrunner and i did um because we're coming off a D&D campaign where um I played yet another lawful good dwarven cleric. <laughs> I tend to come out of those campaigns wanting to go, like, pretty hard in the other direction. Right, right. So I have a Netrunner, and my Empathy is too. And, like, I'm kind of, without getting too much into it, because this is a lot of stuff I haven't, like, decided on, I mm-hmm. guess, is, mm-hmm. like, I kind of, like... I realized once we finally started playing that, like, I have, like, a choice to make about how, about, like, this character and how nuts this person, I actually want this person to be, basically, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, like, it's very, like, it's freaky to think about, kind of, actually, because, yeah, um, yeah, it's a, yeah, this is all, again, this is heavy shit, this is, yeah. Yeah. For okay. sure. Also, one last thing, I guess, on this um section, um before we duck out. Mm-hmm. Um is there's kind of a sidebar um about uh this is kind of a this is great broader advice for any GM really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a broader conversation about um a concept uh, known as lines and veils, mm-hmm. which I had never really heard of um exactly. But Basically um line, a line is something that um your players are just are not comfortable with and don't want in the game. Right. That's a line. You do, so don't put that in your game, right? Mhm. A veil is something that um can be referenced but you should all but needs to be done like obliquely right. basically. Right. Obliquely and not directly. Mhm. So should- I yeah.
0: yeah, it's like these safety tools. We've talked a little bit about them previously and that you should use them, but this is a really great way to kind of breaking them down of basically like a hard limit versus a soft limit, right? The, the line is the hard limit. That's a line you do not want to cross and your players don't want you to cross. Um, whereas the veil is sort of a, you know, a soft limit, like you can broach these subjects, talk around them, Uh, If something gets brought up that might lead to a line, you can just fade to black and, you know, come pick up later on. Um, Yeah. And these are things that you can kind of talk with your, your players about as well, you know, kind of get their hard and soft limits or their lines and their veils before you start playing, like kind of in in a session zero is really a good time to have that conversation. Um, And It it can be something that you do in private as well, because, you know, these hard lines, you know, they might for a a person, they might it might not be something that they're comfortable talking about in front of the whole group. Right. So you can have them message you privately or talk to them in private, you know, individually with all of your players, um, however is is best for you. But it's definitely something that you should address uh, prior to starting the actual campaign so either in session zero or between session zero and session one
1: yeah and that's that's exactly it it was just a really um it was a very like um direct way to think about that sort of thing which can be it can be hard to broach into like a session zero even with the best of intentions i think yeah absolutely yeah and as a gm it was nice to be like it, it's nice because it gets it about, like, it gets you into a space of, like, this is about your players. It's not about you and your own conceptions of how this campaign's going to go, necessarily. You exactly. Have to, yeah. You have to work within that.
0: Exactly. Um, All right. Yeah, so I mean, we've, we've talked about a, a lot here in, in regards to Cyberpunk Red. Uh, we There's definitely more we could get into, so if the... the you the audience are interested in, in hearing more let us know and we can't always circle back to this but I think you know after kind of these heavy hitting topics it might be a good place to um, kind of put uh, Cyberpunk Red to rest for a little while in terms of the show anyway um, but Rob I, I'd like to ask you you know before we sign off and sign off on Cyberpunk Red you know what are some of like your your overall opinions on on the book on the rules on the setting like you know everything we've talked about so far any any parting words that you have in regards to cyberpunk red
1: i actually it's a little bit extensive it's a bit more than a parting words kind of okay thought, yeah go for it i have a few thing i have a few things i want to get into first um the book itself is great um the everything is written very clearly and concisely and it's very well done and um there's very there's very little like going back and rereading it and being like wait what which remains common in tabletop games Mm -hmm. and really any set of rules sometimes um again I think there are a couple things I um want to kind of if I could offer a couple of criticisms I guess. They're kind of closely related. Yeah. And I know I've harped on this a bit, but again, I think it's worth repeating. I really don't like the way the skills are organized. Mm-hmm. I think it would just make it easier for everybody if the skills were grouped by their um relevant stat and not by the like kind of subgroups that they came up with. And this is for a couple reasons. One for players um and this is kind of the sec this is kind of the second reason because there isn't a character sheet as such in here that I saw. I, I think it's at the if end. there is one,
0: let me know. Yeah. Because, it's, but I didn't see it. It's like the very last couple pages are character sheets. But yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh Or maybe not oh, the last. So there, pages. okay. It's, so it's in I last, stand corrected. Within the last ten pages, though.
1: But yeah. Yeah, there is a character sheet. My mistake. I apologize. Still, um, I think in the event that like, it's very much within the scope of how things could go that you're going to have to make checks that aren't necessarily um one of your um skills that you have any points in basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice to be able to um. Like, when we did our session zero and we did our kind of quick builds, like, mm-hmm. I have my I have my stats, and I have everything that I have, like, points in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, it would be nice within that context if I had to do something that I don't necessarily have much points in, like, I don't think I really have Persuasion, mm-hmm. um, to just be like, oh, well, Persuasion's a cool stat, and I know what my cool is, so I can just roll that, right. even if I don't have it. Right. I think that would make things kind of easier. Mm-hmm. Um... Other than that, um, since everything being just a D10 plus the relevant thing is very well done and something, um, something you don't always see, even in like systems that I admire a great deal, have trouble being this like, um, it's, it's sprawling, but it's also streamlined because of how that system works. Right. Um, and that's pretty good. Um... And uh, yeah, also the book is nice too, because again, um, as with um, uh, the Shadowrun books are like this as well, there's a lot of short stories, mm-hmm. which I think is helpful and very useful for getting into the mind space of the world itself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I have a question for you, Mike, because yeah. it's something I started to think about once we got through um, most of this book, and I was starting to... Once it had kind of started to set and I was able to think about it a bit more critically. You've run a few sessions of this game now. Yeah. Um, if you were, like, if you were making a
0: screen, what reference materials would you want on it as a Oh, gene? man, that's a tough question. Um, because I... This is actually kind of one of my criticisms of the book as well. Um, is that... It's very, the the book is great and it's b- laid out really well, but in terms of like reading it and comprehending the system, but it's not great for like a quick reference. Um, there are many aspects that are, you know, brought up in one place and then sort of fleshed out fully in another place of the book. Um, so it can be a little bit difficult to kind of parse through that at times. So yeah, man, like that's, that's a really good question. I think um, personally things I would want is like the uh, the DV charts for the types of uh, guns, um, the critical Mm. injuries um, charts. I mean, it basically would boil down to a lot of like the charts that are involved in the combat, uh, uh, the trauma team uh, chapter and the uh, the net running chapter um those are kind of the main ones that i would think of right offhand um and probably other things if i had time to sit and actually think about it and give more in-depth opinions on what what are you thinking though rob as far as the screen
1: yeah so this first um this little nugget of thought whatever it kind of shook out um earlier today as i was studying for this very session Because I am a procrastinator until death. (laughs) But, um, because when I was looking at the trauma team, I was like, man, this is kind of complicated. How Mm -hmm. would I, like, my options are to, like, memorize this or, like, I don't know, just have it ready for quick reference. And then I was like, well, if you had a screen, you could just have it on there so you know kind of what they have and what their stats are. Yeah. So that's kind of where – that was kind of my starting point is, like, just the trauma team table, what mm-hmm. that looks like. For sure. Um, I think probably the um, – Let's see, so the lawman can summon goons. Yeah. Um, what was the other like
0: goon summoning um roll ability? Uh there were a couple, so uh yeah, let me actually kind of scroll back up here. So do do. do. Uh do. do. Mm. Uh let's see. So oh the uh the exec, the lawman and uh yeah i think those were the ones that kind of get the most yeah. teammates with them
1: yeah the execs the exec maybe not so much because that's kind of its own thing and it mm-hmm. can look a few different ways and you like you have your team member at least semi-permanently right so maybe not right. that one but, but definitely the, the yeah I,
0: well if you have a lawman in the group then it yeah it would be super vital um yeah also, the so later on, the same things that we haven't really talked about is like some of the aspects related to running the game. Um, there are some nice like sheets uh, or like NPC stat blocks, more or less, um, for kind of the different types of NPCs. And then when it talks about, um, you know, the different types of encounters you can build, it uses a lot of those as reference. So I think maybe one panel just kind of being those. Of like a DM or GM screen um, having all of those stat blocks on it because they are pretty concise and much smaller than yes. the um, the actual character sheet would be. So yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I don't want. I wouldn't want it to be all stat blocks, but mm-hmm. you could get a lot of stat blocks in there for sure. And I think um, just a general, um, like, kind of the general repair table, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. As well as the um what's it? Uh the like the kind of the hospital and cyberware installation tables and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff mm-hmm. in there too. So for I'm sure. not just looking that up all the time. And a lot of that do the repair tables like do those sync up with the same is that the same like D V ten as a hundred or uh
0: I think they all kind of fit together, yeah, using sort of the same um same cost for the, the sure. D V levels. So yeah. yeah and
1: then oh yeah that's the other thing the like equipment and gear like mm-hmm. um dv
0: and cost table that would be nice too for sure um yeah they're actually so there is a table at at some point where it's like um kind of listing the types of costs from like you know every day which is like 20 bucks all the way up to very expensive which is a thousand bucks and there's a nice uh, chart of them somewhere i don't remember where that is exactly probably in the the chapter the new street economy where it's talking about uh prices of of stuff specifically um yeah 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 so there's that and probably just
1: probably just the list of skills as well Mm -hmm. just so i have that Mm um i was thinking maybe because um we didn't really talk about net running in depth but uh just know that um kind of the net running dvs are a bit different just because you're rolling just your interface right yeah um so certainly the lower. DV, um, yeah. as a consequence dvs tend to be a bit lower than a lot of other things mm-hmm. um because you're not adding any other stat right it's just you're your not adding rating. like
0: you know potentially a plus 10 or whatever unless you're really high ranked in the uh the interface it's yeah, yeah gonna be anywhere from like four to six potentially for the most part so
1: for sure yeah and so those would maybe be nice but i don't think i would need those it was just kind of a thought i had because really honestly like if i have a net runner if i'm running a game and there's a net runner in it or a team member that does net running or any of that like i'm probably that's one like any like net architecture that the players are likely to go through is something i'm going to be totally planning in advance right right right. right. like i'm i'm going to be picking all that in advance so maybe i don't need that as much Mm -hmm. but yeah that was kind of that was kind of my thought is just kind of quick stat blocks um for anybody that can be that is kind of at the party's call and then Mm -hmm. um just other quick reference materials
0: for sure yeah yeah, uh, as I said, like, that's really my biggest criticism of the book is that it's difficult when it comes to being a quick reference. Like, it's, it's really easy to learn, and it's, as you mentioned, Rob, the, the system all fits together very nicely um, in a very streamlined way that it makes it easy to learn and easy to play-ish. I, I mean, there's again, there's a lot of variants, but it all sort of fits in the same, like mechanically together very well um but as far as running the game like i definitely as you've seen uh you know it can it's like okay well let me take a second to sort through the book and figure out you know how we do that exactly um yeah because it 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 can be difficult to kind of find things uh you know find the right spot to give you the right bit of information that you need at the time um
1: for sure which and that's kind yeah. of i think in general that's um kind of the disadvantage of like 'Cause again it is streamlined, but it is very compartmentalized. There's kind mm-hmm. of a skill or mm-hmm. there's a skill or a check for a lot of granularly specific stuff.
0: Right. Right.
1: So Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the disadvantage. While this is well done within that, that's still kind of the just the general disadvantage of that kind of rulesiness for sure. Shall we say?
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, and I mean just like again like those are kind of my uh issues with it but when that's the biggest problem that you have with a a, you know a new tabletop rpg like that's a that's an okay problem to have right like if, if the problem was that the the rules aren't making sense and i'm having to sit and you know figure out how certain things work for hours on end before even trying to play the game um that's a different issue right if it's finding a ruling in the book is a struggle then that's an okay issue to have and to to be able to deal with um because you can you know put together screens or you know whatever for yourself that you need as your own reference for how things work and the the stuff that you're going to need quickly um Mm -hmm. but no system yeah sorry good yeah exactly um except of course for west end star wars (laughs) still the best well we'll maybe have to take a look at that one in the future yeah well um, we'll
1: have to we'll have to find it they did a reprint they did like a 30th anniversary reprint a okay. few years ago and hopefully that's still readily available we're getting off topic yeah <laughs> uh,
0: anyway I, I did want to mention yeah. a few things that i do really love about this the, the book and the system as well um just to kind of echo what rob had said again it all fits together really nicely in a very easy to learn way in a very streamlined way um so that you know, even if you don't know something right offhand, and you might need to do a you know a little bit of research, you can still probably like have an educated guess on what that's going to look like, just because everything is packaged together very nicely, uh, mechanics wise. Um, also for a game called cyberpunk, it is cyberpunk as fuck. (laughs) Like you really feel the genre baked into the game itself and into the mechanics of the game, uh, which is awesome. And, um, again, the writing is really great. Like from the small little quips that we've read, you know, quotes of in the book, uh, and the sort of short stories and side stories that give you examples of what, you know, a cyberpunk, um, story kind of looks like and feels like that's all extremely well written. Um, they do a lot of really great, really progressive stuff in terms of like taking care of your mental health and how different aspects of, uh, you know, cyber tech and the dark future can affect your mental health. Um, things that aren't really seen in any other game that I can think of right, right offhand. I'm sure there are some that, you know, are, are lesser known that explore those, uh, those, those types of things. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's really well done and addressed really well. And um, just like kudos to our Sorian games and and Mike Pondsmith and everybody involved in, in putting all of this together because it's, it's really awesome to see. And as someone who cares a lot about mental health and uh, you know, I, I work in the mental health industry as well. I'm not as like a psychologist myself or anything, but just, you know, involved in that industry um, or not industry but I even hate that it's called an industry but yeah you, you know what I mean yeah. um, yes but in in that aspect of the world I that's you know where I, I make my living um, so just to see a system sort of take that that kind of care uh, in regards to mental health that's not really seen elsewhere is really awesome so yeah
1: yeah 100% yeah it's good to see as somebody who is like not that involved with like mental health in like a um kind of workaday but you know like I've had my depression problems certainly and without getting too yeah. much into it it's always been something I've had to like manage right and I think mm-hmm. it's and it's something I'm used to seeing not being treated well in a lot of respects especially in like yeah. cultural respects and granted mm-hmm. a lot of that has started to shift in the past um decade or so let's mm-hmm. say let's yeah. call it but still um, it's still nice to see it um treated like seriously and with sensitivity and from a place of empathy, I guess.
0: For sure. Yeah, empathy being the literal stat that you use. <laughs> Which is <Yeah>. uh, like like <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, very very on the nose there, very pointed and um it's it's great. It's really great to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sure. yeah. Uh, we, we've talked at great length about this uh, this book and about this game uh, and the system um, and uh, yeah just a, a huge thank you to our Talsorian Games and Mike Pondsmith and everyone involved just for creating this because it's been really awesome for me to read through the last few months and awesome to play you know, as a player and as a GM um, so yeah if, if hopefully you feel the same after these couple episodes of us kind of uh going on in in great detail about many aspects of the game that are, are really great
1: yes absolutely thank you all guys you guys did great i shouldn't say guys it's not very like i, I always say guys in a gender neutral way and it's, mm, it's man, yeah, yeah it's a it's a tough one to break
0: yeah for sure
1: um especially me because i
0: hate proper nouns it's weird <laughs> yeah um I, i'm anyway. lucky because i came from the south so i just get y'all which is very new gender neutral yeah,
1: um, no, as uh I um this is a, this is an irrelevant story. Maybe we could we might just tell Hannah to cut this, but um, <laughs> we'll When see. I was a junior in college, um we had a um a couple of um professors um from a college kinda nearby here. I believe it's Grinnell College here in North Carolina, which okay. is kind of by greensboro which in turn is about it's like an hour and change drive west down i-40 um but they came and they um they visited for a semester and i was in well, both of their classes that they were teaching and um one of them she was very she was a bit more i don't think she was from the south originally but she started using y'all at, like just freely and um with the, which um kind of was cause for puzzlement and mm. then she was like what English formal English does not have a second person plural it doesn't yeah. exist other mm-hmm. languages have this right so until somebody comes with um comes up with something better y'all is worth using and I've yeah, kind and of started using it ever since even absolutely. before I moved to the south. yeah so
0: yeah, it's anyway. a great, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's you all, right? Like, that's the contraction. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't really have anything else that works better. And, and, again, gender neutral. So, that's nice. For sure.
1: So, yes. To uh, everyone involved in the creation of this game, y'all did a great job. Pat yourselves on the back. <laughs> um, enjoy the relaxing
0: beverage of your choice. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you. And yeah, to all of you who have gone on this journey with us over these last few episodes, thank you. Uh, hopefully you've uh, enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, if you did. And if you want to hear more about cyberpunk Red, let us know. You can contact us a couple of ways. Um we're, we are on Twitter at 19 hits the dragon. Uh, that's the number 19 hits the dragon. You can also email us, uh, reach us at 19 hits the dragon at gmail.com. Um, you can leave comments, uh, ratings, reviews, you know, whatever you can do from wherever you get your podcasts. Let us know if you like what we're doing, if you like what we're talking about and want to hear more, want to hear about, you know, different aspects of this game or other games that you're interested in, in talking about as well or hearing more about as well, hearing our opinions on. Um, just, yeah, let, let us know what you think and, and what you want to hear and uh, we can we can work that in.
1: Absolutely. That sounds good. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear uh, what you like, what you don't like about the show and what you want to hear more of.
0: And yeah, it's good. absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, a huge shout out, as always, to our editor and my lovely fiance, Hannah Miller. Uh, she does a great job at uh, managing our, our madness here and bringing that to your ears. So thank you.
1: For sure. And shout-outs to Paul Mackey for doing the theme song, which rocks. It does, indeed. Is, I'm, I'm told I did commune with the spirit of Ronnie James Dio uh, last week <laughs> before uh, we recorded, and he, he did uh, flash the metal horns. and uh, you know. <laughs> Then he launched into a whole thing about rainbows and dragons, and it lasted like 25 minutes, and it was awesome. Uh,
0: long and short is, though, our theme song has the blessing of Dio, so... Yep. Thank you, Paul. Yep. <laughs> um, thanks. Yep. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week with 19 Hits the Dragon. All right. Peace. Bye-bye. <laughs>